0: i spent the last 10 years of my life learning how to produce and mix music from some of the most successful producers in the music industry. Now I'm betting it all on myself that I can create a successful full-time career as a music producer. The question now is, how can I do it without begging big-name artists to sing and rap over my instrumentals? This podcast is here to show you how. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share exactly what it takes to make it as an online music producer in the 21st century. Hi, my name is Adam Peter Shin, and welcome to the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. Hey, everybody, my name is Adam Peter Shin. I want to welcome you all to my very first episode of my brand new podcast. Working title for this podcast is going to be the Heroic Producer Podcast. I don't even know if that name is taken, but that'll be the working title for now. And uh, this is the very first episode. Excited to be presenting this to you guys. Um, I'm actually in my hometown of Denver, North Carolina right now. Had a dentist today. That's actually the really only tie I have in uh, to Denver, North Carolina. Decided to come here. I'm, I'm actually parked right outside my favorite basketball court. A lot of my friends and I used to come here and play basketball growing up. thought this would be the perfect place to come and record my very first episode. Kind of giving you guys a little inside scoop on how I came to love music production. Why I do music production. All that kind of stuff I want to cover in today's very first episode. Uh, guys, j- just please... Bear with me. This is my very first time doing a, any kind of podcast. So, of course, I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm a little nervous. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I look forward to uh, introducing myself to you guys so you can know more about me and what this whole music production thing means. Uh, so, I just want to get started and kind of give you guys my backstory. So, growing up, I. I definitely always had a love for listening to music. My parents would often play music of all different genres. It uh, didn't matter if it was Rod Stewart on the rock side or if it was some uh, some funky disco records from the 70s. It was always playing. But it wasn't until I got to elementary school and I was in my third grade music class. And I don't know if you guys had the same experience I did, but of course all my music teacher wanted to do was get all of us to play hot cross buns on the recorder, and, <laughs> you know, hot cross buns, hot cross buns, one a penny, two a penny, three, whatever, you know, like, that's all she wanted us to do, and in third grade in my elementary school, we had this brand new, basically, they tore down my old my old elementary school, and they built a brand new one, and because of that, we had a brand new music room, a lot of money was donated to the school, we had like 10 snare drums just with the mylar heads sitting right there in the uh in the corner of the room and I remember walking into class and these 10 snare drums with the chrome bodies just fully had my attention I was fully entranced in whatever that was I didn't know what they were but they just looked so cool and all my teacher wanted to do was have us play the recorder I wasn't about that kept asking her about the drums. I'm like, Hey man, can you, can you please tell us about the drums? Can we get on the drums? Can we play drums? Can we do anything with drums? And of course we always got the, uh, the stiff arm on that. (laughs) So I remember just feeling like, you know, there's just something about these drums. I just want to play them. So every year for the next five years, and I was probably, this is probably from the time I was say seven to 12 years old. Every Christmas, I always asked my parents to get me drums. I was like, "Hey, you know is this your is this gonna be the year I can get drums?" I asked them every single year, and now as an adult, I kind of understand why they didn't because I'm sure the last thing you want to hear at seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night is some kid just banging repeatedly on on a snare drum, you know in the middle of the night. That's probably the last way you can get peace and quiet in your in your home, you know. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, so I was, I was a really, uh, I was a kid who was interested in basketball, which is funny cause I'm out here by this basketball court. I had a front friend come by and shoot some basketball with me. Um, but I remember going out to a court just like the one I'm parked outside of and just shooting. And if it wasn't at a park like this, it was definitely in my front yard. I, and as I was shooting basketball, getting ready to, uh, practice for a team, I'd always have these melodies just pop into my head. And so I'd be shooting, and at the same time, I'd be focused on the melody. And oftentimes, when that would happen, I would just focus more on the melody. And I wouldn't even really think about shooting basketball. I would just be so focused on these melodies that popped in my head. And I always remember feeling like, wouldn't it be so cool to just have a way to get these down and be able to listen to, um, to these later? You know, what if I forget the melodies that are popping in my head? And just thinking about all the cool songs I'd heard and, you know, re- reflecting back to that, like, how how are these guys able to just put down their melodies, you know? It, it was a mystery to me, but it was so cool. And I don't, I didn't understand why all these melodies were popping in my head, but they just were. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, fast, fast go forward just a little bit further. And uh, eventually I got a drum. I, my, my parents caved in. They're like, hey, look. This kid is not going to not want drums anytime soon, so we might as well just go ahead and get him a drum. And I remember this was right before my sixth grade year of school, and uh, I was so excited. I remember walking in that music store with my mom, and she's like, okay, go pick out the one you want. And I remember just getting out some drumsticks and finally being able to demo a snare drum. And just the the sheer excitement I felt standing behind that drum and the music associate came over and said, I remember specifically, it was like, how does it feel holding these drumsticks in your hand? I was like, it's the coolest feeling in the world. I just felt this rush came, just come all over my body. And sure enough, that, that very first, I believe it was the very first drum that we, that I demoed that I, uh, drummed on was the one that I went home with that night. And I remember <laughs> going back home and listening to bands like Third Eye Blind and trying to play the, uh the little snare drum lick at the end of jumper and uh that was that that same year um it was 6th grade and basically my my 6th grade music teacher was uh was like you know hey we're going to we're going to have people sign up for the band for 7th grade band and uh we're going to have you guys take a test to see if you're proficient at rhythm or melody and which one you're good at and i remember taking this test and being like oh you know how cool would it be to play drums in the school band and then all my friends and family could come and watch me play drums and so we get to that point where i'm taking the test and i felt pretty good about it i remember sitting in that room it was um just like it was it was pretty dark in there and i remember being anxious but i felt pretty good about how i was doing on the test they were asking me questions about rhythm they were saying you know is this rhythm similar to this rhythm is this melody similar to this melody And we all submitted our our, uh, test, and they came back. And I think, if I remember correctly, you could only miss two questions on the rhythm section to be considered to play percussion. And I believe I missed three. So I I came one shy of being able to play, you know, (laughs) quote-unquote, being able to play percussion. And I was just so distraught. I was like, no. I, I remember feeling that pit in my stomach just like, you can't be serious. I I got to be able to play drums. There's no other instrument I would want to play. And sure enough, when we talked to my music teacher, he was he was very serious with me, and he said, "Hey, you know, I know this is not what you're going to want to hear, but I think you need to be looking to playing trombone. And trombone is just a cool instrument, just like the drums are." And I remember just being so angry, so freaking mad at this guy. I was like, "You can't be serious. You're not going to let me play drums because of one question." So I got, I remember getting my mom to come in and being like, Hey, you know, we already invested $150 or how much it was to, to get the drums. And he was just relentless. He was like, you know, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, but looks like he's going to have to pick a different instrument. He did really well on the melody section. And, you know, we, we had some kids only miss one on the rhythm section. So was, I hate to say it, it was going to be really competitive. Just so angry, so distraught. So didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. Come to find out, that same year, uh, they were actually splitting up our school. So they were building a brand new middle school. And because of that, they were splitting up all the students. And it looked like I had the opportunity to be considered for drums. And if it weren't for that, I definitely would have never probably played drums again in in any school band. But because of that, I got a a second shot at it. And uh, my music teacher ended up being, it was the wife of my high school band director, which was really cool because I basically got to learn drums under her. And, uh, around that same time, sorry about that. I I had to crank on the AC in the car. I was starting to feel like an incubator in here. Uh, so, so long story short, I, I got selected to be in, uh, in, in the seventh grade band in the new school. And in fact, I when we were selecting our chairs, I actually did pretty well. Well, enough in fact, I believe I either got first or second chair. If I got second chair, I think I challenged whoever was in first chair and beat that person pretty easily. So, somewhere between missing three questions on that initial test and uh and actually being in the band, I guess I developed my aptitude and uh was able to prove myself and i remember just my love for drumming grew during that time i had a mentor come in he taught me how to do a drum roll he was actually the captain of the high school's drum line at that time i remember looking up to that guy and uh going going to watch my sis my older sister who uh was in the high school marching band i'd go go to the football games on friday night and listen to the the drum line march in and play and play cadences and just being in awe of uh the sounds I was hearing. I like this is so cool. I I want to be able to do this one day. Um eventually I got to high school and and around that time that's when I hit my ninth grade English class. So keep in mind this this whole time I'm playing in the school band, I'm playing drums, I'm actively being involved in the process of playing music with other musicians. Uh ninth grade English comes around and I'm tasked to do some kind of creative project, and I can't remember the specific guidelines of the project, but I do remember we either had to shoot a video or we had to make some type of recording and I don't know how or why I chose this, but I basically took an outcast instrumental, uh, not one that you that most people would recognize. I think it ended up being a b side record or basically a record that got uh, passed on to be put on there on their album. Um, and I just found it, uh, on like, uh, the, on one of the singles for like Ms. Jackson or something like that. And I took that instrumental and I, I remember I, I created this, this rapping chicken, right? And his, his name was cluck for a buck. <laughs> I, I really don't know what I was doing. I think I was trying to be comedic with it, but this was going to be a rapping chicken, right? And not only was the outcome of that project so well received, I remember it got the top grade in the class, which was a big deal especially because this one girl in our class who ultimately she went to Harvard, uh, on her 7th grade SAT, she got a 1500 out of 16, this was back when it was, uh, the the highest SAT score you could get was 1600, she got a 1500 on the SAT, i.e. this woman was a genius. And this project got me a higher grade. That's the only time in my in my in my uh, scholastic career I scored a higher grade than she did. And I just remember everybody thought it was the coolest thing. This rapping chicken song was so cool. And I was like this is this is crap. You know, like this this took me all of like 10 minutes to make. It was a lot of fun, but this is crap and everyone loves it so what i decided to do at that time is i remember going into the bathroom in my house and we had this boom box in there and um it had the ability to record basically just just what was playing over uh what was playing over the radio but it could also record like if you if you stuck a microphone to it or something like that and i had this little like fisher price microphone hooked up to it and I was playing these instrumentals from the Pure Moods. Who remembers Pure Moods? <laughs> they had the fire instrumentals, man. I, I remember playing some, some really upbeat instrumentals and just trying to do it seriously. Just me as Adam Peter Shin, or I, I called myself, my code name for myself was The Methodical Man. And I, I don't even know what that means now. But I just picked a name and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna just do this for fun and see see what happens out of it. And I remember just playing it back and hearing myself seriously rap over these Pure Moods instrumentals. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I I, I freestyled over them and obviously it would need some work, but just the feeling of euphoria I got from hearing basically my voice immortalized over those really, you know, something that 40 and 50 year olds would listen to beats (laughs) was the coolest thing to me. Um... Yeah. So basically I just couldn't wait to, to wake up and listen to stuff like that. I just started recording more and more stuff over those pure moods, instrumentals. And, uh, eventually I started making tapes. Um, the cool thing about that is I was like, okay, I want to get some feedback on this and see what people actually think about, uh, me rapping over these, these pure moods, instrumentals and stuff. So I remember, uh, just, just making the, the tape, the tapes uh eventually my so my mom was coming back from i think she was in italy she was in, she was in different parts of europe this was right before 9-11 happened um so probably i, w- I want to say it was in uh, september or october or, um well i guess october is after september it would have been like august or september um or maybe even july i can't remember specifically but it was right before 9-11 and uh basically she came back she she took over there a tape recorder now you got to remember this is before the advent of the iphone um or anything like that any any portable i mean you could have taken something like a portable cassette tape player but she took over one of those radio shack twenty dollar uh definitely would not fit in your pocket recorders so she could get some sounds of Paris and all that stuff and she brought it back and I remember going up to her and being like can I borrow that to uh to record my music um so I was making all these all these tape recordings of uh freestyles and stuff and I was passing them around school and a lot of people were really were like yeah you know this is really cool I can't believe you're able to record yourself they were asking me if I had a recording studio and I remember being really excited about that and uh I was like, you know, this is really cool and waking up and listening to all my stuff is like Christmas time's 10. Just the, just imagine the excitement you would get when you wake up and and go downstairs or go down and and look by the tree. It felt like that every morning just listening to the work I would do the night before. Um but of course in hindsight all that stuff sounded terrible cuz essentially what I was doing is I was just playing the music um over the air and I was rapping over the air and I was just recording me rapping over the air. So it sounded just, you know, my voice sounded really echoey and reverberant and it was on cassette tape. So you could hear like the crackle of the cassette tape. Um, and you know, really what I wanted to do was I wanted people to listen to my songs and my beats and be, and be taken seriously. Right. Um, And I wanted the best quality. I wanted the best mics. I wanted to rap over beats that sounded like what I heard on the radio. You know, you hear a song on the radio and you're like, that sounds really polished. But, and I also wanted people to like, be able to know my lyrics. I couldn't do that just by passing around a tape. People basically had to rent that tape. And uh, I wanted them to listen to my tracks and be like, oh yeah, boy, that stuff is sick. You know what I'm saying? Um, but really, ultimately, what I wanted is I just wanted respect. I wanted to be able to shine, and I wanted that love from my friends. I wanted that love from other music artists, other music professionals. Ultimately, I wanted to be signed, but what it comes back down to, if I'm being completely honest with you, is I just wanted to get that respect and love from uh, from my friends, So eventually it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I got to start seeing if there's a way I can make my own beats and get off of these pure mood beats, if you want to even call them that. And uh, I had, like most kids my age at the time, we had the PlayStation 2. Um, I think it maybe came out for PlayStation 1, but I had the PlayStation 2 and they they came out with this game. It was labeled a game, but it was really a music production software, and it was called the MTV Music Generator. How many of you guys had that one? <laughs> and I remember, like, plugging that thing in, and it, it gave me the ability to just take different drum sounds and, and mesh them with different uh, melodies and chord progressions and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, this is cool. This is actually more geared towards what, the the sounds that I want anyway, and it was right there, I had the ability to create beats from scratch, from from the ground up, and so I was starting to do that, but I was still doing the whole uh, tape stuff, and I realized that my quality was not that good, so when I was passing the tapes around, when people were were, quote unquote renting the tapes, they would always say, you know, hey, you know, this is really cool, but I can tell there's a difference between the quality of stuff I hear on the radio and what you're doing. And, you know, of course, I felt a little offended, even though I understood. I just chopped it up to being a 15, 16-year-old kid at the time and my inexperience in the game. And at that point, I felt like, you know what? It would be cool if there was a way that I could record things a little bit more professionally. So I remember one night, uh, we were at this electronics store in town. It was called Media Play. Um, And I went with my mom, and I was just shopping around the software section, And I came across this computer program called Cakewalk Plasma. Now, I looked at the box, and it said that I could make, you know, professional-sounding music, record professional-sounding vocals, all that kind of thing. And I was like, Mom, you know, it was like a $20, $30 program. I was like, Mom, is there any way we can get this? And she didn't even hesitate to get it for me. Took it back home, installed it on the computer, and I just started recording music with it. And But the difference between this and... And the old stuff I was doing is I would have to go out and try to find some instrumentals to record to. And at the time, the big site to get all your instrumentals where all the people online were uh, producing and displaying all their instrumentals was this website called SoundClick.com. I know some of you guys have to remember SoundClick. Uh, I remember getting on there and being like, oh, this is the coolest thing in the world. All these beats sound so good already. They sound professional. They sound great coming out of my computer speakers. I got to rap over these. So I did like what every uh every kid at that time did and I downloaded or uh I basically didn't have any money to to purchase the instrumentals or the the licensing rights for the instrumentals. So I basically downloaded these instrumentals illegally. I didn't profit off of them, so I guess it's all good. But I downloaded these instrumentals and rapped over them, wrote songs to them, recorded them and what I started to notice after I, I got my SoundClick account and started publishing my stuff was I, was I was browsing the rap charts and I was listening to other, you know, uh, 15 to say 25 age rappers around the world and they were all using similar instrumentals to me. And I, I remember feeling how, the feeling I got when I would play someone's song and realizing that they used the same beat as me. I just felt this culture over my body, like I can't believe they just chose my beat to rap over after over all of these instrumentals, you chose my beat to rap over, you know, uh just feeling insulted like that, feeling like my song was no longer special. I was like there there's gotta be a different way um it to me, it felt like being in a class and presenting on the same topic along with three or four other people, like say you're like the sixth person to go and already three people have already presented on the same topic as you and you're just thinking in your head oh this is going to suck like everybody's going to be like not again it felt very similar to that you know how can you stand out that way and um so another thing I noticed though was the tracks themselves a lot of them they just weren't mixed properly and if you're wondering what something, be a song being mixed or what mixing is in music, it's kind of like a puzzle, right? So let's say that you, uh, you made a beat and you had like a bass guitar part, you had some drum parts, you had some keyboard parts. You would find a way to make all those pieces sound good together. They might sound good by themselves, but you put them together and some instruments might clash. In a nutshell, that's what mixing is like. It's like, how do you make Massage, how do you massage all these sounds to make them sound good together? And I noticed the instrumentals that I was hearing on SoundClick, they didn't sound very good mixed. There was this thing called distortion, which is kind of like um, you know, when you hear it, you hear like some fuzz coming out of the speakers. That's what distortion is. A lot of them were so loud. A lot of them were just, they sounded squashed like somebody, like some really big person just sat on the music um and they they did they sounded very amateurish to me uh so not only were was uh if i if it was a good sounding instrumental, people were taking them and recording over them, the other side of that was they didn't sound that good mixed, so I was like you know i I gotta find something different, so I started to ask myself, how could I get the type of sounds that producers were getting?' Um, you know, the stuff that you hear on the radio, like I was listening to Pharrell, the Neptunes, Timbaland, it's like, how can I get stuff that sounds like that and is not getting stolen? You know, that was the wall that I'd run into. Like, how, how can I get that stuff and how can I be able to afford it? You know, at the time I was a 15 to 16 year old kid. I didn't have a job. I needed to find a way to get some production that was unique to me. That still sounded great and I didn't want anybody stealing my instrumentals because that was a huge point of friction for me. So around that time, I learned what music programs were. Uh, there was this whole thing called the DAW explosion or the DA explosion. Now what a DAW is, it stands for Digital Audio Workstation and all a DAW is is a music program where you can record music. So in this case, the whole DAW explosion was happening And there was a lot of people making programs. This is kind of when, around the time where uh, computers were getting sophisticated enough to where you were able to be able to record music. Before that, it was was definitely a challenge. And this was around the time that microchips were getting fast enough and you were able to do it without your computer crashing every two seconds. So uh, I downloaded this program called Fruity Loops. Now some of you guys are going to be like Fruity Loops, is that? That sounds familiar somehow. I know some of you some of you folks around my age and older, you definitely remember Fruity Loops because Fruity Loops eventually became FL Studio, which is one of the major DAWs that is popular today. That's how a lot of people are making beats today, including myself. I still use uh what was formerly known as Fruity Loops is now uh FL Studio. So <laughs> I started getting on there, and I was like, okay, this is going to be my plan. I'm going to start working on these beats in FL Studio. I'm going to make them from scratch. Uh, the first thing I decided to do, of course, when I was starting all my hip-hop beats, I would always start with the drums. On top of being a drummer, that's where I love to start. And so I was starting to source all my drum sounds from the stock drums. Now, what Fruity Loops is kind of well known for, or was well known for, and still is well known for now, is produce... is It's kind of catered towards producers who are producing an electronica. So, a lot of the stock sounds that they had that came with the program were suitable for electronica music, if that makes sense. And so, when I was trying to use those drum sounds in my hip hop productions, it just sounded weird, right? (laughs) It's like trying to make, like, trying to take country guitars and making, like, a jazz song with it. It just doesn't fit. So I had this program where I basically had no way to get my own instruments into. Um it definitely was not the sound I was going for. So I had to move on to something else. And then eventually I learned about this thing called sampling. And sampling is is basically it's kind of like where you take you take you copy and paste elements from a song into your production. Um so say you have like someone playing the drums, right? For for Maybe ten seconds, you can take all those drum sounds and copy them and paste them into your music and just switch some things around and it's it's unique to your production now, what I found when I did that the the conflict with that was the drums needed a lot of massaging to sound good or in this case a lot of mixing um so I didn't really know how to do that at the time. I was clueless I was like, you know it." it it sounds like it has potential, but it, it and it's going to take some a little bit of work to get them where I want. And I also learned I also learned at that time that legally it was bad for me to sample unless I got my samples cleared, which costs a lot of money. Um, so basically, the the process of clearing a sample, you go to the original person who published the music, you say, hey. I sampled your song, can I use it in my own song? And they're usually like, yeah, that's okay. As long as you pay us, you know, blah 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 cents or dollars per for every record you sell. And I realized, you know, unless I started doing that, and um, you know, as a 15, 16 year old, I was like, you know, this I can't I can't do that, you know. Uh, I just can't afford that. I didn't have the money to do that. Um so of course that was no good, and I was like, okay, I gotta do something else. I'm browsing the the internet, even though this is the days of 56K modems, and I remember I just discovered, I just happened across other producers that were selling royalty-free drum samples. And what this allowed other producers to do was to download the samples and use them in their productions without the repercussion of having to pay royalties or having to clear samples. They could just use them as their own and uh, they were good to go. And I was like, okay, this has gotta be it. This is where I gotta start. And the added benefit of that is that they sounded polished. They sounded amazing right out of the gate. Immediately, you could just put them in your in your uh, your DAW and, and get going and then start building melodies around that. And I was like, cool, I'm on board with that. Uh, so I started buying sample packs and they sounded great, but eventually I wanted to learn how to make my own sample packs. So that's when I started getting into uh, what's called sound design, and that's basically where you learn to make your own samples. And at that point, you know, it, it took a lot of a lot of getting on the very primitive YouTube. This is around the time of college, and uh, I, I remember just studying different producers and how they make their own sound packs. and And all, at the same time, I was learning mixing, so I was not only creating my sounds, but I was making them sound better out the gate, kind of like these other producers who were making sample packs were, and at the end of the day, I learned how to make my own drum samples that were unique to my beats and songs. Uh, That was the achievement that I got, but what ultimately happened is I realized that it it boosted my creativity, not only learning how to do sound design, but learning how to mix, It, it gave me it made me look at a song in more creative ways from a music production standpoint and it empowered me to not only share my sounds but also my techniques that i learned with other producers and that that's a long way from from where i've come when i when i wanted to just be in my third grade music class and and play on a drum and now i'm producing my own drum samples but that's basically how i started the music and uh where i'm at now and if you're still listening, I really appreciate you, and I hope you guys got a lot out of that. If you did, please send me some feedback. Uh Send me an email, AP Shin, that's A as in Adam, P as in Peter, S-H-I-2-Ns as in Nancy, at gmail.com. Let me know what you think, and I really appreciate you listening to my first episode. Guys, I know... If you're listening to this, you're probably like, wow, this guy definitely hasn't done a podcast before. Or maybe maybe you think it's good. But either way, I appreciate you listening. Um, I hope to do this every day or at least as much as I can. So hopefully I will improve. And I hope I can add some value to you guys. Uh, And I hope to do a whole bunch of really cool content on this podcast. So once again, appreciate y'all listening. And uh, stay tuned to the next episode.